This is Set Aside Some Time, an MSPN podcast, and it's brought to you by the National MSP Network, or MSPN for short. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for setting aside some time for us today. Um, I am your host this week, Jennifer Shemansky. I am the co-chair of the podcast and webinar committees for MSPN. Um, This week, uh, we are joined by uh, Joanna Wines and uh, Jennifer Wyroni, who I think actually goes by Jenny, so we can differentiate ourselves today. Um, They are from AASC. So I thought maybe we would get started today by asking Jenny and Joanna to introduce themselves, and then maybe we could um, introduce uh, the group themselves. So um, Jenny, did you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, So hello, everyone. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate uh, the ability to talk to your members. Uh, Just a little bit about me, uh, my background, how I came to AASC. Uh, I've, you know, I grew up in the DC area. I've always been fascinated by tax. Uh, Prior to entering this policy world, I I worked as a tax attorney. And at the time AASC was launched, I was working for another DC trade association in the tax space. Um, And from the moment I talked to the founders of AASC, about their mission, what were they trying to build. I was really inspired uh, by what they do, that they're helping injury victims build a more financially secure future. And also love the fact that their issues are very bipartisan. You know, many many associations in DC lean heavily toward one uh, party or another. So it's really amazing if you can lead a group that helps helps people and uh, works with both sides of the aisle. Um, And so uh, do you want to go ahead and just talk about the organization? I thought maybe we could have Joanna introduce herself, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about the organization. Joanna? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny and Jennifer. I'm Joanna Wines, and I'm a settlement consultant with Sage Settlement Consulting. Um, By way of background, I am an attorney. I was a medical malpractice attorney in Philadelphia for eight years. Um, After that, I moved to Maryland um, when my husband got a position down here. I actually was a Medicare set-aside analyst for about a year and a half. Um, And then I really just wanted to be a settlement consultant, having seen what I learned from the Medicare set-aside position and what I learned as a trial attorney. um, I thought it was super interesting. So I got into consulting, did that. I've been doing that for about seven and a half years. Um, A couple of years ago when AAS was starting, I was approached by some people in leadership to ask if I would be involved and ask if I would, you know, eventually want to be in leadership as well. Um, so I was recently elected as president-elect of the association. Um, so I get to work with Jenny and the other great people on our board and our membership and our sponsors. So it occurs to me, we probably should have started with what AASC stands for and what the group is. So um, Jenny, maybe we'll toss it back to you and you can start with that when you explain a little bit about the organization. Of course, yeah, AASC just rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> um, so we're the American Association of Settlement Consultants. Um, and so we are the only trade association that exclusively represents the interest of settlement consultants and structured settlement producers on a national level before Congress, government agencies. We work with other national trade associations and business organizations. So we, we have a big piece that's on uh, advocacy and trying to expand uh, the settlement planning profession, but then we also provide, we promote collaboration uh, within the industry and education for our members. So we have two really great in-person events where a lot of this collaboration takes place. Uh, we have our, our big annual conference and exhibition, and then we have a lobbying day called Advocacy Day in, in D.C. 
where all our members fly in, we meet with Congress people, we tell them about, you know, our mission, and then we, we push our agenda. Um, you know, we have a couple pieces of legislation we've been working on. So, Jenny, you mentioned the annual conference. Um, can you give us an idea of what time of year? Have you guys been kind of consistent on that? And how about um, location? Are you Have you kind of jumped? Are you in the same location? Um, kind of what are the thoughts there? Yeah, we move around every year. Um, you know, our members work very hard, and they also like to have fun at the conferences. So we have great locations. Last fall, we did it in New Orleans. We actually just had it this year uh, in the spring in Scottsdale, Arizona. We also had a previous conference in Vegas. I feel like you can't get out of a out of a, of a conference with Vegas, but um, yeah. So I'm pushing towards Nashville. Yeah, we're looking at Miami and Nashville for next year. Joanna gets to pick because she's president. So oh, soon, dates. Yeah, we'll announce that. But um, it'll be somewhere fun, somewhere warm, generally. And um, we're, we do it once a year now. We had two our first year, and you know, there's just so many industry conferences, and a lot of our members are flying all over the country for other uh, attorney conferences. And so we, we decided we'll just do, do it right one time a year. Um, so we'll announce that uh, probably later this year when it is. So this is probably a good time for me to jump in and actually plug the MSPN conference, which is coming up. And I should have had the dates ready. It's in um, November of this year. Please go to the um, MSPN uh, network um, website and we will have the dates on there and we maybe toss it in the little description of this episode. So um, that actually uh, kind of maybe leads us into kind of what's going on this year. You said you guys just had your um, conference. I'm guessing that's probably where you laid out kind of, you know, what you guys saw is going on in the, in your area this year. Joanna, did you maybe want to talk about kind of where your board is, what you guys have been talking about, what your focus has been? Sure. I would love to. And, and Jenny obviously can elaborate and fill in where necessary, but there is some really good legislative advocacy we've been working on. Um, we're trying to amend the tax code to include sexual abuse or sexual assault under 104A2, um, which is the provision or the section of the code that provides the tax-free nature for personal injury lawsuits. Um, and Jenny can talk a little bit more about the legislative history, but things have gotten rather complicated where um sexual assault and sexual abuse cases fall within somewhat of a gray zone. Some cases are considered to be non-taxable um, or otherwise known as qualified cases in our arena. Others are taxable. Um, it's just sort of a mess, to be honest, because, you know, when we're trying to plan or we're meeting with these families, we're having to get into these conversations, that, these really graphic conversations that nobody wants to have um, to figure out whether this is a qualified or non-qualified settlement. Um, so that's something that we're working on clearing up right now. Um, again, the board, we're trying to build our membership, um, have more, you know, just have a diverse membership. We are really trying to promote industry um, communication because I think traditionally the settlement consulting industry, it's it's a great one, but we've all, we're all independent contractors for the most part. Um, and so a lot of people just have sat in their own silos for so long, not really sharing ideas, communicating, talking. Um, and so I think we're really trying to work on the collaboration amongst people in the industry so that really we can all be um, multifaceted settlement consultants and work collaboratively with, you know, the MSP network and, or I'm sorry, the MSPN network 
and, you know, that we can work with all our trust companies and market-based products and the structured settlement products um, and really just have a deep knowledge of all these things that are really so important to our industry and our clients. Um, and again, we can only do that if we all understand it and we can all share ideas and educate one another. Right. And I think that's a good kind of connectivity piece for MSPN and the AASC, right, is, um, you know, we do have the products that are related to the Medicare set-aside piece, but ultimately what everybody on both sides, as you had mentioned before, is looking for is to get to a settlement, right, is to um, get everybody kind of floating in that same direction to get to a settlement that that works for everybody. And so I think that makes us kind of a, a natural pairing, right, between mm -hmm the two organizations. I, I 100% agree. And I think, you know, being somebody who gets called, I get calls from attorneys all day and they're asking me about government benefits, my clients on Medicare, my clients on Medicaid, they're on SSI, they're on SSDI, or they're on all four. What do I do? How do I protect it? And, you know, so it's not just doing, as a settlement consultant, I'm not just doing structured settlements. I need to know all those pieces. Um, and I need to know people in the industry. Like I need to, partner with people from the MSPN network. Um, and I do, because it's it's just really important, I think, for everyone to feel like they're compliant and their settlements are going to be preserved and their government benefits are going to remain intact. Right, that there aren't going to be any issues post-settlement, right? Maybe we do think about this. Yep, I agree. So um, Jenny, we'll maybe toss it back to you for a minute. Um, um, Joanna was talking about kind of what was going on in DC. Did you want to maybe expand mm -hmm. on, on, you had said you guys have a day that you schedule mm -hmm. to do that. You talk about kind of how you organize that, how you guys decide what you're going to approach or how you're going to do that. Yeah. And, uh, so we have, we had our lobbying day a couple months ago here. Uh, typically we do it when the, the house and Senate are both in session. Uh, if it aligns with cherry blossoms, all the better. <laughs> Um, and so this year it did, it was actually, we were very lucky, but we as AASC are focused on expanding our industry for many years now, the last two decades, our industry has had pretty slow growth rate. And then, you know, we're hit by COVID. We're still doing very well now. Um, things are coming back, but I think we are really focused on growth and what are areas of opportunity that we could, um, build on. So the sexual abuse and sexual assault cases First of all, it's just something that's absurd to begin with, that there are people who are sexually abused and the IRS is telling them that they have to pay taxes on their settlements as non-physical injuries. I think that's just um, offensive to victims at, at best. Uh, so we're, we're working on amending the tax code so that all victims, all survivors of sexual abuse and assault um, will receive tax-free settlements, which means they can also structure those settlements tax-free. Um, and I think that that's there's a demand for that and it's just the right thing to do. Uh, in last fall, we actually secured a GAO request, the Government Accountability Office. So it'll be a government-funded study that looks at uh, settlements that are 100% cash, how quickly those are dissipated. Um, one statistic I've heard that 90% of people dissipate their funds within five years, regardless of what the size of the settlement is. I think that statistic is um, pretty, <laughs> the source is probably about 80 years old and the case study was like 25 people. So uh, we wanted an authoritative government study that can show 
look, if you receive a legal settlement, you need to work with a professional to um, one, allocate your Medicare set aside and also plan the funds accordingly in an annuity or a market-based investment, some kind of vehicle that keeps you from spending it all within a couple of years. Um, so that is something that the Government Account Accountability Office is working on now. Um, and, you know, it takes them years to do anything, but we're hoping to see the results of that. Um, so we're, we're planting lots of seeds in D.C. to help the industry grow, um, which I think we're really looking forward to. One thing I've seen in this industry um, just in my short time at AASC the last two years is that there's an evolution from, <clears throat> you know, we used to have structured settlement brokers, but now people want a one-stop shop. They want comprehensive planning. They want someone who knows either they know how to do it or they know someone who does. And so that's why I think the alliance between our two associations is so important because, okay, well, I don't need to know 100% of everything about, you know, Medicare rules, but I, I have a guy or I have a couple guys um, that can help me with that. And so I, I think this is something that benefits us. We're hoping it benefits the MSP network as well, um, learning more about our industry and working together. Well, and I think, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head and that government accountability piece, I think will be fascinating um, to read. And, you know, what you don't want is to see somebody, you know, not even the spendthrifts, because that, I mean, you know, that's an issue too. But also, I think we've all seen, um, you know, potential places where people have been taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so they have this money and they may even think they're doing the correct thing with it, but they're not getting to the right people to help them manage those funds, right? And, you know, to, to one of the earlier points, there's so much going on at settlement. You know, Joanna said there's so many pieces and then... When you start adding in Medicare and Medicaid and other liens and, you know, mm -hmm. somebody is in um, assisted living or they have home health care that's not, you know, not necessarily a Medicare covered issue, but you have to deal with it in the settlement. And does everybody understand right. the difference between the two? And so, you know, it's, it's great for us to work together. It's even better if we can get out as industries and, and help people understand that there are people that are of goodwill that are out there to help them um, through that settlement process, right? And I, I am such a strong believer. We absolutely cannot do it in a vacuum. I mean, I just I just wrapped up a settlement and it was a workers' compensation settlement and the, the injury occurred in 94. So obviously it's been going on for a very long time. Um, and this woman is on Medicaid and she is on she's on Medicaid. She gets social security retirement. She's on Medicare. Um, she needs to preserve all those benefits. She's getting her indemnity settlement, her MSA. So we have two structures. We have the structure for her indemnity settlement. We have a structure paying to fund her Medicare set aside. The funds are going to a full trust company who's then going to send it to, you know, one of the professional administration companies who I know is, you know, very involved with MSPN and AASC. Um, so it's really all those it's all those parts, but they all had to be involved. There's, there was just no way around it. And so if we don't know each other and we can't work together, it just makes it, it makes a, a process that can be very emotional um, and stressful for the claimants, more stressful if we don't all know what we're doing and we can't all work together as a well-oiled machine. Right. And so potentially detrimental to the claimant if things are not done, you know, properly. So that's, it is important for us to be able to work as a group. I, I completely agree with you. So um, Jenny, you were talking about one of our favorite entities in the world, which is the IRS. 
Um, I know enough to be a little bit dangerous about this in that I know there was something that came out, I think, last year um, discussing attorney fee structures and um, the IRS potentially weighing in on what they thought about that. Um, Joanna, did you want to jump in on that and talk about kind of what happened and, and maybe where we are right now? Sure. And I don't know if Jen Jenny wants to address it at a high level and then I can address what I've seen sort sure. of on the ground. Yeah. So um, there was this IRS glam memo that raised a lot of eyebrows back in December um, where, you know, the IRS raised the idea of potentially treating attorney fee structures differently. Um, we have, you know, we have attorneys who have, uh, you know, consulted us on the matter. Uh, our assessment was that it's not as large of a threat as initially as initially thought. Um, at a high level, we just, you don't want to go at the IRS guns blazing if they're not coming for you. <laughs> um, and so we thought this, you know, seemed more targeted uh, than some people, you know, raise the alarm uh, otherwise. And so uh, our lobbyists, we have a full-scale lobbying firm in DC. Um, they have connections with the IRS. And so we've kind of opened up a friendly dialogue, but at the moment, it's really at the monitoring stage. We haven't Felt that there needs to be a uh, you know full scale attack on the IRS at this at this juncture. Um, and on this issue, we've been working with our you know industry allies. So the National Structured Settlement Trade Association is also following this, and we've been pretty lockstep with them uh, in agreement that you know we're going to monitor it at this time. But we um, we don't think it's a it's a huge cause for alarm. Joanna can go into the weeds a little bit yep. more. So than just I to circle back, really, the, the issue is kind of outside of the structured settlements that claimants, uh, plaintiffs, you know, how are you doing it, work comp liability, we mentioned their tax-free nature, right? So that's the benefit of it. On the, on the um, attorney side, it is not a tax-free nature issue. It is that they defer their taxes, right? So they do some type of an annuity that maybe doesn't pay for 15 years till their children start going to college, right? Right. And so the idea is not that they get that tax-free like the actual injured party, but they get to then defer that until they're actually getting that money that that annuity actually pops in. And so the IRS weighed in on this glam memo and, and kind of led everybody to believe there's a possibility that they thought, even though the money wasn't coming to the attorney until later down the road, that they really thought that might be compensation when they actually get it or when they get the annuity put into place, right? Not when they actually get the funds. And you could see why this would be a big deal because if you invest your pre-tax money and get the returns on that, it's gonna be a lot higher than if you paid your taxes and then put the money into an investment vehicle. So it does. it is gonna have a huge impact if they were to overturn the entire attorney fee structure system. Um, but it, you know, at this time, we don't think that's going to happen. I think Joanna can talk a little bit more about the nitty gritty and, and what's happening on the ground. Thank you, Jenny. I think that, again, we all were scared when that first came out. Um, and especially, you know, at the end of the year, when a lot of attorneys are thinking about deferring their fees. Um, and it is a really good opportunity for attorneys. It's a good way for them to spread their income out, you know, or they if you're working with an attorney who is working on a contingency fee case, you know, maybe they're getting a $3 million settlement this year, but then they know case for three or four years down the pipeline. So doing an attorney fee structure is also, I mean, not only does it help mitigate tax liability, but it also helps some of these contingency firms keep running and keep having the money come in to 
keep their firms running, keep representing people. Um, so it is a big deal. But there's also been a number of different types of attorney fee deferral products. So we do have the traditional attorney fee structured settlements, which were talked about in Childs versus Commissioner. And I don't have the site, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not, I don't have the site, but that's the case that really provided authority for attorney fee deferral. Um, but then there's been some other, I guess, looser interpretations and things that don't necessarily involve the traditional assignment companies that would be involved with a traditional structure, a traditional market-based product. Um, and so I think, you know, when we've talked to some of our tax lawyers, they feel like the memo is maybe addressing more some of these deferred comp plans versus attorney fee structures involving an assignment. Um, so I think parse that out. And now that we've had all these discussions, I think most people in the industry, also including the life market, the life companies are feeling more comfortable again with offering attorney fee structures. I think, you know, some planners, myself included, were telling attorneys about this memo and that it does exist. Um, just so that, you know, they can make fully informed decisions. Some of the life companies want to have language in the release that we have talked about those memos. Um, but for the most part, at least in my personal practice, um, after the first month or so, like once the dust cleared, there hasn't been much issue. And a lot of attorneys don't really seem all that concerned about it when I talk to them about it. Um, they're just willing to, to try. And, you know, I think unless something more comes up, then... Like Jenny said, we're ready, we'll monitor, we'll be prepared to act if we need to, but I don't think we really need to poke the bear right now. Terrific, terrific. Um, so any other um, topics or um, things coming up in the future that you guys are um, most concerned with? You know, kind of in our area of the world, it's really all of been about um, the reporting piece as that kind of comes into fruition. Of course, it was put back until um, February of next year, but that's really where everybody's, you know, focus has been. I know um, we have um, an upcoming uh, non-group health plan. I believe they just scheduled a conversation. I think it's in June to talk about that unsolicited response file. So kind of in, in our area, it's really um, at this point been a lot about the reporting um, piece. And I think that's kind of where it's going to go going forward. And I think that's another area um, I would guess where the, you guys on the, the settlement consultant side are, are really focusing in on too, right? Is it's not just getting the, the individual case settlement done, but making sure that what's getting settled and what is accomplished is actually also what's reported out to CMS. So we don't have problems, you know, with the reporting and the potential penalties, but potential conditional payments and potentially worse, right? The, the claimants and the plaintiffs themselves having issues post-settlement because all of those pieces weren't kind of coordinated together. So I'm guessing that's another area where you guys have spent some time focusing on recently. Yes, I, I think that's true. And I think as an industry of settlement consultants, we all are monitoring what's going on, um, or a lot of us are monitoring what's going on as far as MSP compliance. And, you know, we do want to know what's going to happen. I don't know I can't necessarily say what we're hoping for or if we all even agree, because I don't know if anyone knows what is ideal necessarily. But I think it's certainly important for us to know everything so that when we get the questions, we can, again, advise and know who to hook our clients up with, who to work with. And, 
you know, make sure that no matter what's going on, that we, that we are, you know, staying in the know. Right. And to your earlier point, the more that we can um, both kind of both sides of the aisle, right. And, and through all of the pieces that are working together, the more the conversation happens earlier in the process, I think the better the end result is. And so I know, you know, kind of from my practice, that's, that's really one of the themes when we start talking to people is um, it's just better for everybody to work together because you get to a better end result mm-hmm. faster and with, you know, much more, much less conflict or, you know, much less documents floating around and versions of documents and phone calls and meetings. And the more you talk, I think earlier through the process, um, the better the process plays out, I would guess, correct? I completely agree. And I also think that, you know, it's it's important for us to know what your your people are saying in your industry about what's going on and what best practices are, because I don't want somebody to call me and ask me what I think best practices are and then have them call somebody else from a different company or different agency and get something else. It's again, it's important that we're all on the same page so that we all look credible. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. You know, I think um as part of our kind of formal alliance with MSPN, you know, both of our boards of directors realize that our missions do very much align and that there are benefits to both organiza- organizations to working together. Um, you know, you all have an expertise, certainly, that we may not have. And if we can help amplify your message and amplify the education that you do, um, and even potentially I've, you know, offered, you know, we have a whole team of lobbyists and there's a there's a Medicare guy on the Capital Council team. so. You know, whatever we can do to help uh, MSPN, you know, we're, we're willing to do because we think that working together and collaboration is really, it's what's best for the victims It's and it's also what's best for the industry overall. So um, that's perfect segue into if we have members who want to get involved with your group and, and um, want to learn more, where should we be sending them? Yeah, so we, I try to have uh, media wherever you take in your media. <laughs> um, so we're active in all the social media channels. We are the only American Association of Settlement Consultants. So you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have them all. Uh, we also have our website, AmericanASC.org. There's a contact us section um, where you can, uh, you know, can reach out to me about membership. Um, and I, I've, uh, I like to attend all the MSP conferences that I can, so I'll likely be at the conference in the fall, but please don't wait till the fall to reach out to me. Um, if you're interested in learning more, uh, we are always offering new avenues of education. Uh, we're, we're launching a, a work, workshop Wednesday podcast coming up in June, so um, just reach out to me. I can put you on my email list, and uh, you'll be sure to hear about all the good stuff that we're doing. Perfect, and we will put your... Um... Uh, your uh, website address in the little blurb um, for the podcast. And you mentioned it, so I'll bring it up again because I actually did look it up. Our annual conference for 2023 for the MSPN Network is November 8th through the 10th. Um, And we are going to be, as always, back in in Baltimore, although at a a different um, hotel, but very close to the other one this year. Um, If you have any questions, just go out to the website. And I know um, they're all set and ready to go and are accepting all of the... um, the uh, registrations already. So we are good to go. Uh, Joanna, Jenny, I cannot possibly thank you guys enough uh, for joining us today. I think we learned a ton about your organization and and hopefully uh, members of our group will go over and check it out. So thank you um, for joining us today. And thank you everybody else for setting aside some time. And we look forward to um, seeing you on the next podcast. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer.